0: I'm Cindy McMillan, and welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life. You're listening to Episode 73. This podcast is for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. If this is your first time joining me, I'm especially glad you're here. I often say this podcast has followed the breadcrumbs of my own interest and healing journey. Today's interview is part of a self-care series called Life in Full Bloom, Living from the Inside Out, and I am delighted to introduce my guest today, Star Hansen. Star is a certified professional organizer and clutter whisperer who helps people use their clutter to overcome blocks in their lives. Her unique approach has been featured on HGTV, OWN, TLC, Style, A&E, and TEDx. Star, thanks so much for being with me today. I'm excited to have you and talk about clutter. Me too, Cindy. Thanks so much for having me. What a, what a delight. And I,
1: you know, I have so much passion for the concept of inside out living and transformations. Like, I agree so wholeheartedly that it's the more that we transform from the inside out, that's lasting permanent change that leads to like joy before the results show up.
0: It's like the best of all worlds. Yeah. And with you being a professional organizer, I can see almost as you're taking people through that transformation, how that really has to start on the inside as well, that self-awareness and everything. Oh, hugely. Well, and I'm in
1: the middle of developing a class right now called The Meaning of Stuff that's launching in September. And i it's so incredible because my whole career, I've been able to track what the clutter means, like what the symbolism of people's, where you have your clutter and what your clutter is, tells me a whole story about your life. Like I can tell you s- more than you want me to know, I would imagine, but <laughs> it's, but the intention with this class is to teach you to do it, to have people be able to look at their own clutter location and objects and diagnose it. It's like, wow, I'm really trying to find my purpose here whoa, I'm, you know, it's like the aha, it's so much deeper than just the superficial clutter. It's beyond the overwhelm and the stress and into this other world of what is really going on with you. Who are you and what do you want and how powerful it is to be asked those questions, especially as a woman (laughs) to like, like step into that
0: powerfully in every facet of our lives. You know, and I can't wait to get to all those different questions about the emotional side. But I happened to be telling a friend that I was going to be interviewing you, and it was around clutter. And she was like, I can't wait to hear that. What does, what does clutter actually mean? Yeah. Well,
1: and it's, well, you know, it's funny because when you think about it, it's disorder. It's, it's untidy. Clutter is, it's a crowd. It's a mess. And yet, and yet, something can look like a mess to one person and feel like home to someone else so it's it's subjective and the more i think about the concept of clutter being disorder out of order you know it either means that there's a facet of your life that is like literally out of order like we've got the clothes sign up and nothing's happening in there, right? Because it's broken and it needs a little TLC or that something is not in the right place. So, and that's what we often find with the clutter is like, like what in your life is out of place? Like what in your life have you br- like borrowed from one area to infuse in another area to help distract you, to help empower you? Like normally it's us borrowing from one to help another subconsciously. We, we consciously think it's the worst thing ever. But subconsciously it's really helpful where it's like, wow, I don't feel good enough about myself in my romantic relationship. So I bring work into my romantic, into my bedroom so that I feel empowered because I love my work. So it's, you know, we start to see how we're borrowing different energies from other parts of our lives and to infuse and bolster us. So it's really, it's, it's this concept of being out of order and yet there's perfect divine order in how in the chaos we create.
0: Oh, star. I, I love that because, you know, when I was talking about the, once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change. I also feel, and I've heard it throughout my life so many different ways, that the outer world is a reflection of that inner world. And that's kind of what you're talking about there. For sure. And it's, you know, and more so than people want to admit, like
1: I was on the phone with a client for two hours today, discerning the symbolism of their storage areas and how it's not just, it's, it's not cut and dry. It's like an onion. There's, you know, you're not a simple being. We're complex beings as humans. And we have lots of, you know, emotions and, you know, journeys tied in. But the the beauty of this internal transformation, this transformation with clutter is that it is getting a physical manifestation of an inner transformation that if we were just doing it mentally would absolutely crush us. And yet the beauty of organizing is is that you get to have this epiphany, this aha of wow, my basement means this. And then you get to do something about it. So your psyche is like, whoa, that was big, but look at us go. Look at us go. We're <laughs> making huge use. like, And then you hit a wall and then you process and then
0: you get to take some action. So it's so powerful in that way we're going to have to talk about how my significant other is so organized. Every single thing has its place. Now, I'm not going to say I'm totally disorganized because I'm not, but I have areas that have clutter. Yes. So, but I want to start off with what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Well, let's go personal because Uh, You know,
1: internal is everything, right? So I bring to my business what I am. The seasons of life, it's to me, it's just the chapters of learning, the chapters of evolution. And, you know, I was learning different things when I was 10 than I was at 20, than I am at 40, than I am, right? It's and what lies ahead of me is different. And it really, to me, it's everything, all the different chapters we're in are really here to instruct and invite out our best self. So, you know say in in my 20s i wanted to get married and have babies and you know achieve the perfect body and whatever i mean picture 80 year old star giving you know carrying it all if her skin is wrinkle free i mean like we're past that point at the you know at the moment so it's like it's our goals change and they change on purpose to help continue to invite in our best self and to continue to invite in um, us standing as strongly as we can in our power there's a reason why women in their 40s 50s 60s up they're like, don't put me back to 20. I don't want to go back there. That poor girl had her hands full and she did not know which way was up. No, thank you. I'm good. Like we're moving through because we, you know, we have this foundation we're building with every season in life. So for me, it's really about evolution and development.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I love that you mentioned um, it's to bring us to our best self because that's what evolution is doing. Our, our best self coming out. Absolutely. Now, I want we're going to talk about clutter, but I've got to hear your journey to becoming a clutter whisperer and professional organizer. But I also want to mention, I mentioned this before I hit the record button, is that I first became aware of Star Hansen when you were on the cover of the Toastmasters magazine. So, kind of wind that in there as well. Okay, yeah, totally. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> I so back in the day, I was an actress, and I, this was my great desire was was to act. And I was in the middle of acting, and you know, per the starving artist, you know, doctrine that is out there, um, I had a coach who said, "Come up with fifty things that you could do to make money without having a job." And so, one of the things that I came up with was this very nerdy, self proclaimed nerd. I am. Um, a very nerdy tax organizational box where you basically just instead, because I thought, well, everyone brings their shoebox of receipts to their accountant. What if there was a box that allowed you to organize throughout the year so you never have to organize it again? And when it's time to do taxes, you hand it off gloriously or you do it easily. And so I created this box and I sold like two of them. But what happened in the process was a few people said, wow, you're so organized. Can you help me? And and it was just the most natural thing and and it was funny because i think i was shooting 3 movies at the time and i loved organizing so much that i quit my acting school finished those movies and started doing this full time within a year and it's it's been a delightful journey and i mean remember i remember shortly before you know the tax box began i remember just having this calling inside of myself like It was fun to do acting, but I could tell the minute that I started working, I didn't. It wasn't my purpose. It wasn't my calling, and I was missing that very hungrily. So I just started kind of asking to the universe, "What's my purpose? Show me my purpose." And the minute that this found me, it was like true love. Like that, I think organizing is one of my true loves in this life. It's like we did the slow airport run to each other and embraced and cried and, "I'll never let you go, Jack. I won't." You know. So it's been it's been beautiful. And yeah, I mean, I. I, this was in the early two thousands and I was, you know, on TV shows within a couple of years and, and yeah. And so through this whole process, I've been always the spiritual organizer. So I don't really care how your home looks when I'm done. I don't obsess about boxes and labels and bins and the latest and greatest, I've always been deeply interested in how organizing can be a journey for your soul's evolution and your emotional growth and development and how we can use the process of organizing to elevate your life. And so, because this is my main focus, um, a few years ago, I... I was accepted to do a TEDx talk where I got to, it's called Listen to the Monster in Your Closet, and it's essentially a talk about how your clutter is speaking to you, and it's a friend. It's not screaming at you, although it feels very often (laughs) like it is, but how it's trying to get your attention because it's requesting an upgrade for you. It's, It's really trying to act on your behalf, and when you start to see clutter as a friend, you can unlock an incredible world where you can set yourself free in ways you cannot imagine.
0: Star, that is also interesting, you know, being an actress, because, you know, some people might look at that and go, that's, that's exactly what I want to do. But you were able to look at that. And even as you were acting, realize that's, that's not my soul's purpose. Mm -hmm. And, and find out what that is. And I think a lot of us are still searching for that soul, what our soul's purpose is. Yes.
1: Yeah. And it's, and really, there's not a day that goes by for anything I'm lacking in my life. I know that that is one of the biggest blessings I've, I've received is knowing what my soul came here to do and having that inlet. So it's, you know, to anyone who's listening, who hasn't found it yet, but is hungry for it, just keep asking, you know, just keep what I notice is for most people, their purpose is it's so close, you can touch it. It's the same as the glasses on your face. You almost forget that it's, you, it's like you don't recognize them because you actually, it's such a part of you, you can't see it. And so just trust, trust that it's, it's not even coming, it's here. It's just a matter of you being able to see it and recognize it, but it's here and don't ever stop because it worth, it's worth the trek.
0: Thank you for saying that. I, I really appreciate that because I think our, our listeners that are listening to us now hearing that will, will get some hope if they're yeah. still searching. You touched on this a little bit um, before about kind of making decisions. And when we don't make decisions, Is clutter procrastination, I guess is what I want to ask. Is clutter procrastination by not making a decision on where to put something or where to file something?
1: Yeah, but it's so much more. You know, I hear that a lot and it's true. It's clutter is delayed decisions. Absolutely. Hands down. And it's way more complicated than that. Maybe you're not making the decision because you don't want that job anymore. It's way more important for you to own that you don't want that job anymore and you're not handling that thing because you're in resistance and you're rebelling and you, because you want to go in a different direction. Maybe you're leaving this thing out on the counter because you know, you're actually not cool with the relationship that you have with your roommate or your partner or your parents or whatever it is. And there's like, there's a fight that's going on a nonverbal fight. You can't say verbally, but you can say it with your stuff. Um, maybe it's like a reminder. It might be inviting you to not forget about the dream that you really want to pursue or the hobby. And you know, it's, it's funny. So I'm, I'm working on a book also, and there are, I mean, there's over 200 ways that clutter is helping us. Like everything from helping us rebel, to helping us distract, to helping us have space and boundaries. Like I've talked to people who they have their car cluttered. And until we talked, they didn't realize this, but they had their car cluttered because all day they had to deal with people at work. All night they had to deal with their family. And that car time was the only time they had to themselves. Having it cluttered kept people away and allowed them to kind of experience their inner hermit in a really beautiful way. And they had a great excuse to not include people. So the one of the biggest things you can do is start to invite in the inquiry of how could this clutter be trying to help me? What might it be doing to help me experience a better quality life or to honor myself more fully?
0: My desk is does tend to be where I keep my clutter because I like paper. I print out things that I'm reading. I have several books going at a time <laughs> that I'm looking at. And so my desk tends to accumulate that clutter. Now, it doesn't bother me until a certain point. Then I'm like, okay, now I've got to clean it up so I can get my creativity going. But until I get to that point, it it absolutely does not bother me. Because it's an extension of your creativity,
1: right? Your, you don't see it as junk and clutter. You see it as... Potential and excitement and expansion and growth. And it's really, it's only when someone else throws their judgment all over us. When someone comes in with that big old gallon of red paint and just tosses, Oh, well, your room is such a mess. Like according to whom, my friend, according to who, like to me, it's not to me. It's a creative, like creativity. like being a muse is one of the ways that our clutter serves us. It reminds us, it entices us, it dances with us, it allows us time to think. Like not everybody is so linear. Some people need to think for 10 minutes, pin it up on the board, feel the energy of it, keep doing their life, eat a sandwich, come back, look at it again, wait three months, and then genius strikes. Overnight success. Oh yeah, of course. But you needed the sandwich and you needed to pin it on the wall for three months. It's fine. But it's, you know, allowing it to not be this demon that everyone has made it out to be, that it's like, no, it's an extension of you. And it's actually here to kind of flirt and play and dance and do some
0: fun stuff. So take
1: your red paint out of my house. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> you know, it's so funny you say that, Star. And I wasn't, I wasn't, didn't invite you on for me to be your for you to be my therapist, <laughs> <laughs> it always happens, Cindy. Don't worry; it's a safe place. <laughs> but, but you know, like I was saying, that my desk does not bother me at all. But you are absolutely right. It's once somebody makes that comment to me that all of a sudden I'm like, oh, maybe I need to put my books away and file my paper, or but- maybe you make a sign that says "creative party in
1: place." And you, you know, create a party in progress and you hang it on the wall and you say, you can come in, but this is a laboratory of creativity and you don't mess with my creative juju. Like you just claim that you set that intention. That's like, yeah, that's not welcome here. Cause we're in the middle of something like, oh, you're so good star. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like, I think about this a lot. What is rude? You having clutter when a guest comes over or a guest mentioning that your clutter makes them uncomfortable and judges you like, whoa, if we were doing first things first, it would be like, wow, you saying that makes me feel really judged and I don't feel comfortable with that kind of talk in my house. You know, like that doesn't feel good to me when you talk like that. Like that's actually what's actually happening. It's not that you should be ashamed and hide. And, you know, it's like, no, someone came into your house and dropped a bomb on you. No, thanks. Thanks. Bye. Like, I love you.
0: Thank you. Bye. Not solicited advice. (laughs) Take care. Well, as soon as our interview is over, I am going to make my party sign. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Please send me a picture. (laughs) I will. I will. So, okay. So we've talked about, and I love it, that how um, our clutter can be our muse invigorating. But when does it become something else?
1: probably at the exact same moment. So the interesting thing about clutter is is that it is rarely one-sided. So the client I was talking to today, her clutter was inviting her to step into her purpose, to really choose to step into her purpose. At the same time, that clutter was inviting her to punish herself. So it was doing both. And the reason why it was doing both is because punishment was one of the ways her parents showed love. And so if she punished herself two things would happen. One, she was loving herself, right? She was doing what she was taught from her parents, you know, own best that they could do. And she was also reminding herself to keep bettering herself. So being punished, why do we do that? It's I'm going to teach them a lesson. I'm going to teach them a lesson. While you're teaching that lesson ongoing by punishing yourself, feeling like, well, I have to remember how bad I am because if I remember that, I'll do better. And so by owning both, that it's like, wow, I don't know about you, but I don't feel particularly motivated when someone has been beating me up. I'm not going to wake up and run a marathon if somebody's punching me for five minutes. So it's the same thing internally when we look at our clutter. It's like, okay, if you're clutter, and it's oftentimes like, it's not even that you're punishing yourself about the clutter. People think that. That's surface level. Surface level is, oh, this clutter's here and it's so bad. Mm-mm, my friend, there's something else. There's a way that you feel like you failed. There's something that happened that you're trying to avoid. There's something you wish you did that you didn't do. There's something buried in that clutter that's that's kind of aggravating that. And so the power really is to hold space for both. Now that's that's a little bit harder to do because then we start getting into emotional IQ how comfortable are you dealing with uncomfortable feelings how comfortable are you stopping and saying whoa i'm feeling a lot of shame right now and i just need to process that and processing it most of us don't we take that shame and then we shame spiral and we either walk away and don't get started or we just beat ourselves up the whole time we we you know we do it or we add more clutter to the pile cuz like no I'm going to hide that shame. And so really one of the greatest things you can do when journeying with your clutter is to learn to be present with uncomfortable feelings. Try if you can to be present with them, process them, learn the skills you need to process it and then take action. Try to separate those two because I tell you the action you take without being in that shame spiral is so much stronger than if you tried to like, because you're basically carrying two tons on top of your shoulders, trying to move through this progress. So it really is, it's complicated. It really, it really is. It's big. And that's why we need each other. It's why we need the support. It's why we need the reminder that it's okay that it's hard. You can do hard things and you're going to make it through this.
0: Yeah. As I'm, as I'm listening to you talk, it's, it's almost like doing shadow work, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it's light and shadow. I mean, this is the beauty of clutter. It's
1: doing something very powerful for you and it's also hurting at the same time. So it's like, what do you do when it's doing both? Well, you have to really slow down and know also that when you're handling your clutter... It's not simply about getting things in the right boxes with labels. You have to go slow enough to know that this is a therapeutic process for you personally because you're coming up against the different, talk about seasons of life, all the different seasons of your life that came before, the anticipated seasons that never occurred, the seasons that you still want to occur. And really the goal of organizing in my world is how do you bring yourself completely home? How do you get present? How does your current moment become a safe vessel for your soul to move through and that really does you know it, it takes like a different idea of mindfulness and it transforms the process of organizing from a surface level shifting of spaces and instead a bringing a bringing all the pieces home coming home to yourself and finding a way that your your internal space can be a safe homeostasis and then the external world will mirror that
0: You know, I was going to ask you how important is self-awareness in clutter? And it sounds like it's everything. Yeah, it is. Well, and it's, you know, it's such a tricky little vixen. Clutter is such a tricky little vixen
1: because, you know, there's what we think we know. And then there's what's really going on. And imagine how long we take to hide the the skeletons of our past subconsciously i had in one of my offices this was a few you know few years ago i had this random pile now i'm like a pretty minimalist person and i had this random pile in the middle of my office that had just exploded in my experience, overnight. And I was like, what the what? And so I called a friend and said, we have a rogue pile. Can you please come over? Because I don't know what's in there. And she came over because, you know, ask for support. And we went through it. And I get down to the bottom. And there were all these items that my ex-boyfriend had brought back from after we had broken up. And it just ripped my heart out. It was like, it reminded me of the breakup. It reminded me of how I failed. It reminded me that I couldn't trust myself. It reminded me the fear that I would never find partnership. And there were so many layers of pain in there. Of course I hit it. And so it really is like, sometimes we don't have the insight. You can't always look at the pile and know what it is. Sometimes it's through the process and through touching that pain and through, you know, being brave that we really learn, um, and But the good thing, the nice thing is, Cindy, is that some clutter is benign. There's some clutter, cl- cluttered items, that do feel easy and light and like like your desk where you're like, ah, someone else sees it as clutter. This is a playground for me. So that's where we want to practice. You want to practice with those fun, light, easy things so that when you get to the things that make it feel like you're having a root canal with no Novocaine, you know what you're doing.
0: That makes perfect sense. Several years ago, after I had gone through a divorce and I had put all my stuff in storage, and it had been in storage for a couple of years till I got into a place big enough to bring it out of storage, I was overwhelmed with what was in the storage unit. And I had to actually get my daughter to basically hand me one thing at a time So I could just like look at it. She wouldn't even let me touch it. You know, at first she would just say, just look at it. Just do you want this? What is this? And that I needed that somebody to be there to help me because of all the emotions that were around it. So that's kind of like what you were just saying with your rogue pile. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there's, um, there's
1: such power in in what they call body doubling. It's the reason why professional one of the reasons one of the many reasons why professional organizers have this huge booming career field, which is there is such power in partnering with someone through the really difficult chapters. And exactly like what you're saying, like, yeah, the minute you touch that there is like this emotional connection that goes off because the object has an energy, you have an energy, the two of you have a relationship, it has a relationship with other people that you can feel like it's, it goes there. And so it, it does really help to have that, that support, you know, and, and it's really good to kind of take, take time to think about who are your supportive people? Where are your supportive sources? Like I have a membership and we do group organizing sessions and it's, I call it the organizing playground because I don't want organizing to feel horrible. So we get together and we organize projects all over the house. And it's so fun to do it. We'll jump on there for two hours and stay for five. Like, When was the last time you wanted to organize for five hours? And yet, because you're in a group, we stop, we do dance parties, we play. It's It really brings a different energy to it. If someone gets stuck, they raise their hands, I jump in, I answer questions. It's so powerful to, to have a community and to have people that you can rely on. So really taking the time to map out who your safe people are and then for extra good measure, maybe map out the people who are on the no-fly list for your organizing. Who are the judgmental people who do not add value and who only add shame? Create a little list of people that you do not want included to the clutter party because you end up feeling worse than better. So then you're armed with this these two lists that really allow you to say, okay, where are my, where are my assets and where are my liabilities? And not that the liabilities are not amazing. They might be great brunch friends or they could be wonderful family members for everything else except clutter. But just know that in advance so that
0: you can support yourself in the best way. in right here for just a moment, can you talk about letting go of clutter? You know, whether that's emotional, physical, mental, maybe just a couple of tips around somebody who's listening, they've got something going on in their life, maybe a family member has passed away. You know how do we let go of certain things? So let's
1: let's answer this under the frame of someone who passed away because that's an interesting and kind of complicated thing. The concept of letting go is difficult for a lot of people, um, and so you know what you want to on 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 regular items. You want to just think about why why is this hard to let go? Instead of beating yourself up immediately for not being able to let it go, ask yourself: Is this because I feel like I'm being environmentally wasteful? Do I hope that I can find the perfect home for this? Am I not really ready for this to go yet? Like really getting curious about it. But when it comes to people who passed away, the truth is that the best we can do is create some sort of like time capsule to visit them. So keeping an entire house of stuff doesn't serve us because the more we keep, the less we see. And what what I've done for the people that I love dearly who've passed away is I'll create a box or two of items from them that mean the most to me. So journals, clothes, things that smell like them. Like I had my grandpa's shirt in a Ziploc bag for years before the smell went away. But what you want to do is create a box or somewhere that you can go and revisit that loved one. So like on the anniversary of their death to pull out that box and be able to look through and see these objects that really are meaningful to you. Because in time our memories kind of get fuzzy and fade. But if you really like have this this one special place, then two things happen. One, you have a place that you can really revel in them, celebrate them visit them. I really call it visitations. Um, But the other thing that it does that is very powerful is it stops you from being annihilated in the middle of a moment where you thought you were safe. If someone that you love passed away and then you have maybe an object of theirs out and you come across it, that day can go from being a regular Thursday to a day that drops you to your knees and you feel totally unable to process. So it stops you. I call those landmines, like things that are buried in the other objects of our life and we don't know they're there and then they hit us and we're out for the day. So it allows us to not be hit by those landmines, allows us to celebrate when we want. And you know, there's a lot of talk. I love Marie Kondo's book. You know, a lot of people ask about that. Oh, sparking joy. And it's it is beautiful. You know, I love the spirituality of that book. And yet there are many things that we have that do not spark joy that we need to be okay holding on to for the time that it's here. I have a few objects that do not bring me joy. They bring me a lot of pain, but I cannot let them go yet because there is a process. There's a dance I have to do. And there's some things that have to happen before that occurs. And to give myself the grace and to not shame myself or beat myself up is really important because the truth is that that's a dance I'm going to have. It's not today. And I will honor and love and respect myself enough to put that somewhere that it's not going to hurt me before it's it's time to be processed.
0: That is all very beautiful about having it. That's almost like having having the box. It's almost like a ritual that you can have. Yeah, anniversaries Um, for a lot of us who've lost people are a big deal.
1: Every, you know, that birthday, that anniversary, that Christmas. So yeah, it, it gives you something to do. You know, it's a lot of it is how do we bring the spiritual into the practical? How do we bring that energetic experience into the world so that your body and brain know that that person is still here? that they mattered, that they lived, that they were part of you.
0: Absolutely. I love that because I do work with a lot of people and, and I talk about death and dying a lot. And I just think that what you just talked about and how you describe that is so beautiful. I hope that I could talk to them about that. Of having, course, having please. a please like that. Yes. Yeah. Share it. Share the world. I mean, it's,
1: I wish, you know, the more of us have experienced deep loss than who haven't. And I think the more that we can share what we've learned and the faster other people don't have to endure the same scars, the better. So yeah, share away, please. Yep. Thank you. Of
0: course. And can we just talk about maybe just one or two tips on something that's not related to someone passing away, but we just need to start just one or two tips for the listeners. Okay. Step one, to get you decluttering? What do you do? Yes. Okay, so the first thing, and no one
1: ever does this, is set an intention. No one. Everyone like moves into their new house and they're just so glad to be done. They're like, put it anywhere. Or we go to organize a space and we're like, just get it put away and make it look better. Well, that is leading us nowhere. What you're doing is shuffling the pieces within the same space. What you want to do is take the time to ask yourself three questions. What are the three to five activities I want to do in this space? How do I want the space to feel and how do I want the space to look? When you've answered those three questions, that, my friend, is your roadmap. That is going to guide you into knowing what do I keep and what do I get rid of. Plus, a lot of people are overjoyed to pick up a pencil when they start organizing versus a label maker because it's like, oh, good, I get to delay one more minute. You know, it's like, I just need one more one more second. But there is, it's the most powerful thing that you can do is set clear intentions. And then what I tell people, too, when you get started, start easy. I want you to look around that room and I want you to say, what is the easiest thing? And then when you finish that, look around the room. What is the easiest thing? What you're doing is you're kind of tricking your brain into being like, oh, this is easy, right? You're kind of like feeding this information. But the truth is also the thing that was the hardest will eventually become the easiest, either because you've strengthened that muscle or just because you've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, great. Well, that's still easier in this room than that giant pile of paper in the next room. So I'll do that. So you're just, that's the best thing you can do. But a lot of people fight against that because they think, you know, talk about punishment. Oh, it's got to be hard. I've got to do more. Well, let me just tell you, done is better than perfect. So pick something easy and move forward because I promise you, you will get
0: it all done. Thank you for that tip. Now, what would you tell your 18 year old self about the season of life you're in right now? Oh, vitamin D. I don't know. What I would say, <laughs> um, what would
1: I tell my 18 year old self? I'd say, I'd say, my love, you're not going to get the things that you thought you were going to have in this life, but what you get is so much better than anything you could have planned for.
0: Oh my gosh. That is something that we need. We all need to hear that because that is so universal. And yeah. that we we would have loved to have heard at 18. Thank you, Star. Thank you, Cindy. So will you tell our listeners how to find you on social media? Absolutely. So my name is
1: Star Hansen. For anyone who was listening to music in the 90s, it's like the um bop boys. Like oom um, bop bop bop. You're welcome for that earworm, everyone. Um, but so Star Hansen, you can find me at starhanson.com, you can find me at facebook.com forward slash starhanson. Um Instagram star.hansen because there's more star hansens than one imagine that but yeah you so you can find me all over the place I'm everywhere from clubhouse to youtube to pinterest to you name it come and find me my friends i love i love to connect and i wanted also Cindy I wanted to share with you i have a gift for your listeners um because I know getting started can be hard. What I want to do is I created um, basically a checklist of 10 things you can organize in 20 minutes or less. And, And basically what it does is it gives them that kickstart of like, okay, what's an easy win? Because most of us have had a lot of perceived failures. You did not fail people. I'm just going to tell you that. But a lot of times where we feel like we didn't do what we wanted to and these get them on the board. Plus I added a little extra bonus for your listeners that if anyone does five of the 10 in the next seven days, they win a free session with me. So I'll give you that link, and we can yeah have them come and play with me.
0: Oh, thank you so much. That's wonderful, and I will have that in the show notes as well. So, Star, just one last thing: you mentioned that you're going to have a course starting. Yes, can you tell us a little bit about that? Of course.
1: So I have so I have a current like membership right now, which is really the most wonderful place to come and play. I do organizing classes every month and teach. We basically organize a different room every single month. So over the course of a year, your entire home gets organized. We do group organizing sessions and you know it's, it's just such an incredible experience. But the class that I'm starting in September is, is called The Meaning of Stuff. And essentially in this class, I teach you what the different rooms of your home mean, what the different stuff in your home means and what that means about you, like how it's helping you. I teach you how to overcome and deal with the difficult feelings that come up during the organizing process. I teach you why you're not organized yet. That's a huge thing. It's like, why is this not happening? <laughs> like, what, is this going to be one more time? It doesn't happen again. And the answer is no. Um, and I give you my formula for basically putting all of this together and starting to make sense of the clarity in your home, like of the like finding Clarity in the clutter, and then help you to turn that into how do you use your home as a living vision board where you can manifest
0: and create the life of your dreams just by reimagining your space. That sounds like an awesome class that you're going to have. It's so exciting. Yes, it (laughs) is exciting. Well, Star, thank you so much for being a guest. I really and truly do appreciate it. Me as well. Thank you so much, Cindy. This
1: was such a treat, and and. Thank you to everyone for listening. It's really wonderful to connect energetically with
0: you all. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors. And it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.